0: It's August 30th, 2017, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum,
1: And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First up, we're going to hear about the latest classes available from computational thinkers. And then we'll talk to William Smith, Ankar Nerukar, and... Kale Meckler, about the latest launch of Project Imua. But again, first off, we want to welcome Samantha Kimsey back to the show to tell us about Computational Thinkers and its latest set of fall classes. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back again. I appreciate the invitation.
1: Yeah, so you have a
0: lineup. I saw an email that came out that had a, a bunch of stuff that you are sort of getting set up? Um, can, you know, give us a rundown.
2: I know, isn't that crazy? We like, originally just started off offering computational thinking, which is learning how to take the real world and turn it into something a computing device understands and taking that that challenge down to the really young, to the really old. Mm-hmm. And you know, we started that back in 2013, and now here it is almost 2018, and we're still going strong. And now that a lot of our students have mastered a lot of the core computational thinking concepts, we're uh, able to expand that into other... Disciplines, So, yeah, our list is getting longer and partnerships are starting to form. So this is the first year ever that we've offered our electronic music class. With mm. um, We've partnered with a company called Wonderfish. Shout out to Jason, the owner of Wonderfish, and he's an electronic music producer. He's been doing some movies and uh, large projects. So we're excited to have him on board.
1: So when you say electronic music, is that like EDM or whatever the kids are into? A little days? bit, but
2: they're also mixing. So like they were showing today, they had class, I had to rush out of there, showing footage of uh, The Lion King. But then they put on top of that music that matches the movies, and mm-hmm. uh, but a completely different beat. So, mm. you know, it's boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, boom, <laughs> <you know? laughs> And, and then
0: you mentioned Jason. Is that is, is he a local person? Yeah,
2: he's a local boy. Uh, and so he went to New York and got his uh, certification through a company called Ableton. Ableton gave us oh, a yes. big donation mm-hmm. for our um, our products on our laptop. So if Ableton, if you're out there, thank you so much. But I have to do a shout out for my students. They're all in fourth and fifth grade and they were so excited about being on Hawaii Public Radio and they said my parents listen to Hawaii Public Radio. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, need to get, we need to work on the fourth grade demographic. But right. I don't know, we are. Yeah, so yeah, Zachary,
2: Thomas, Luke, Vinny, and Ruby, we're so excited to have you in our class. <laughs> so that's our electronic music class mm-hmm. and we also have our Unity game design. Game design is huge. We had Pokemon Go that was made on Unity and C Sharp. So that's been a huge hit. And because of Unity, we now are offering our Blender class. So being able to do 3D modeling with Blender. So it's a great combination of Unity and Blender together. Uh, We've partnered with some students at the University of Hawaii who are now offering our Intro to to Cognitive Science. So, or sorry, Intro to Artificial Intelligence. Mm. So we've got uh, Siri, and, and now, uh, okay, Google, all of this AI that we use on a regular basis, we want our students to start thinking, how can I use this kind of technique, these concepts, in a product that maybe I'm, I'm thinking? So, so AI is a big deal. Yeah,
1: that's the field that we're looking at at my day job as well. Um, what platforms will this class explore? uh I- Alexa is doing a lot in terms of trying to get people to use its platform. Obviously, you have IBM and, and Watson. What are you playing with?
2: Well, right now, it, because these are younger students, we're just introducing the idea. So mm-hmm. all of the concept of co- uh, cognitive science and how do we think about the world around us and how do we, we artificially represent some of those things. So right now, they're not using a platform because they're still understanding how cognitive science sure, and artificial sure. intelligence work. Uh, We also have our new coding and game design class. So for those students who eventually want to go into Unity but are not quite ready to jump right into C Sharp and these more advanced tools, so an intro to uh, coding and game design. So we use a a language called... We use Java, of course, but Java—if you've ever written any Java for all you Java developers out there—it's like "Hello World." Woo, yay! How exciting! And you got a black screen, and you got it to write stuff out. That's very boring. So, <laughs> so we use a library called Processing that sits on top of it, and processing.org. If you have ever get the chance, I don't know why more people aren't using it. It's a great way to introduce Java to kids because it gives a nice visual form. So we do a lot of uh, the students have created um, what is that? Flappy Birds and and uh, we created Frogger and all these cool games, like old school games, mm-hmm. using their learning Java but using uh, processing. And we've uh, just really befriended this guy, Daniel Schiffman, who runs processing at the University of New York, and he wants to come out and let's host a competition and, and get our younger students into to competitions. Not really a hackathon, but more of um, computational thinking and coding and how can we do that in a competitive way.
0: Mm-hmm. No, Samantha, all these classes that you're talking about, They're kind of geared toward a particular age group, like you said, fourth to six? And, and do you do it at your facility or do you do it out in the schools?
2: Very good question. So we do a combination, right? So we have partnered with Holy Nativity Schools down in Aina Highness, so we're part of their core curriculum. And they're the only school in the state of Hawaii that offers this type of personalized learning and computational thinking at the pre-K level. So just today I sent an email out to our pre-K parents and saying, hey, I sent home to your students uh, a, a cheat sheet of here's your binary letters and you should be able to write your name in binary. And the parents said, you know, when I, w- you know, when I became a parent, I was really worried about when my kids started doing that advanced math and am I going to be able to help them. And now I realize that I'm going to need help teaching my third grader with their homework. <laughs> so it's now uh, just like we teach our, our preschoolers, our ABCs, why do we have to wait until they're older? So it's kind of exciting that they are starting really, really young mm-hmm. and understanding these computing concepts so that by the time they're in second and third grade, psht, that's easy stuff. Now they're writing code.
1: So uh, all sound very timely in terms of the areas of interest in uh, computer programming and developing and teaching students computational thinking, uh-huh. electronic music, AI, cognitive mm-hmm. computing, game design. Uh, when does this fall semester start and where can someone go to find more information about signing up?
2: Well, we hope we do have a lot of people signing up for not just our fall classes, which start, uh, what is it, october we're already jumping into that uh, computational you can also find out about our new corporate classes bringing computational thinking into the corporate industry bringing uh, the tech people with the uh, subject matter experts getting them to be able to talk a, l- a little closer together and um, you can sign up for our fall classes which begin in october and kind of get yourself prepped and ready for the new year in january
0: So you have uh, you pretty much run the gamut from sort of the pre K elementary as well as adult kinds of offerings as well.
2: Uh, Senior citizens have labs on Monday if you need any tech help (laughs) at our center.
1: (laughs) That's pretty cool. Okay,
0: well we'll definitely put the uh, link out there for people to go and check out all the workshops coming up. And of course, uh, Samantha, we want to thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, guys. Great to have you back.
0: And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by William Smith, Ankar, Nerukar, and Kale Mickler to talk about the latest Project Imua launch. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Inter-Island Solar Supply, Kaiser Permanente, and Hastings and & Pleadwell, a communication company.
3: What first got me started was actually my parents. It was just daily morning routine when we were eating breakfast to listen to Morning Edition every day. Eventually, when I grew older, that became even more important to me. If I moved to a new location, I could always find NPR on the local station. And that would sort of be my link to that regular news stream.
2: Member supported Hawaii Public Radio
0: Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now, joining us are <coughs> William Smith, Ankar Nerukar, and Kale Meckler. Of course, uh, Will is the biology lecturer and, and over at the Honolulu Community College, and he's also the um, Project Emua mentor.
1: Ankar Nerukar, meanwhile, and Kale Meckler are both Honolulu Community College students, and they both worked on Project Emua. And, of course, uh, I'd like to learn, like, what did they learn from
0: the last uh, rocket launch? And we want to, of course, welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Well,
3: thank, you. thank
4: you. Well, Project Amua, this is the third year that we've been doing this project. It's collaboration between community colleges. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, we had a project, and... The, pr- the payload got lost, so the experiments got lost on recovery. Okay, so okay. So back up. The p- so the the, f-
0: the one we had you on last August, mm. <clears throat> and we talked about the preparation for that launch. So that launch, the payload got lost. You see? Yeah,
4: and it wasn't recovered.
0: And so, what did it sort of just uh, crash in the ocean, or what? We
4: think it may have landed in the ocean a little too hard and sunk. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. we had the students had a chance to go back this year. And this year we got to redo some of the experiment from last year and modify it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this is really a great opportunity for community college students to get to do graduate-level research. You know, at with the cost of tuition for universities, our community colleges are really affordable in Hawaii. And so they get a lot of bang for their buck Absolutely. to get to do projects like this where they benefit. And mm-hmm. this year... There were three community colleges involved. It was Honolulu Community College, Kauai Community College, and Windward.
1: Okay. So Project AMUA has an uh, opportunity for community college students across campuses to participate. Is this part of a larger national um, operation in terms of having this opportunity to put these instruments on an actual spacecraft? It
4: is. And really, the, the group that makes all this possible is Hawaii Space Grant. And Hawaii Space Grant Consortium and so they are the funders and they are the machine behind all this that makes this opportunity available for the Project Amua and other things and and really it's their hard work that allows us to do these types of projects. And so this project that we've done the last three years, especially this year we're going to talk about, was one that's a bunch of different community colleges and universities participate in. And there was about seven. And our group of community colleges was one of those seven. And it, uh, it's a year-long project that uh, culminates. They go, The students go to Wallops, Virginia, to a NASA facility in June and take the payload that they've made, their experiment there, and do some tests for it. And then we go back again in August Mm -hmm. and launch it on a sounding rocket. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. The seven colleges that were involved this time, we were the only community college. And out of those seven colleges, we were the only group that had our payload complete and ready to go by the June trip.
1: That's quite an accomplishment, probably from the previous experience that you had. So, Kale, um, first of all, I want to know you worked on it on the last year as well. Correct, I did. So, what was that like to get to witness the launch, but then that sort of sinking feeling—not uh, literally, in terms of perhaps not being able to recover that that hardware.
3: That was really unfortunate, and. Everyone on board that in that year really wanted to get the payload back. All the schools wanted to get their payload back and be able to see what everyone got. Mm -hmm. Um, But really the whole part of this experience is the learning aspect of it and getting to learn how to operate different aspects of technology, learning how to work with a a company like NASA – And go through all the different steps that any business that wants to fly with NASA would have to go through. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, can you let us know what sort of experiments
3: were included in this particular launch? Uh, On year three this year, we had our sublimation rocket, which we were doing last year, Mm -hmm. called SCUBBER, which is S-cubed R, or the Super Simple Sublimation Rocket. And that's a, a small rocket that got launched off of the main rocket payload area. And it's throttled by naphthalene, which is the main ingredient in mothballs. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. And, and, so and uh, <clears throat> Ankar, I mean, you were also involved with the launch uh, back in 2016. And what kinds of uh, experiments were, what were, what was
5: your sort of focus uh, in terms of the project? Well, my main focus uh, for year two and year three's project was to take care of the camera systems on board. Mm. So the photography and video of Scubber's uh, deployment mm-hmm. uh from the main rocket and its tra- and, and its trajectory from from where it's, it's going and and how fast it's leaving now you know i i want to let
0: our listeners know that uh uh you know ankar i mean you have a a, a special uh, sort of role in this i mean you are one of the people that really think out of the box because y- you know you talk you talk about uh, the 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 visual aspect of of uh let's say photographing mm-hmm. and and doing video for like scubber but you have your vision impaired. I mean, so how do you how do you translate that into uh, actual improvements in the engineering of the you know the the, the video system? How many, are you working? Uh,
5: yes, I am visually impaired. Um, so what I do is, you know, uh, I do have a, a a few things that I have on my computer that do enlarge the screen mm-hmm. and make things that are bigger, so I'm able to see uh, what's happening on, on the screen as far as photos and videos go. I do also sometimes um, ask for help. You know, of course, uh, from my peer mentors as well as my uh, fellow uh, students uh, who are also on the project if I need help. Mm-hmm. And that that's also another way to do things. But for the most part, I'm I'm independent. I'm able to do it. Uh, uh, and I think the biggest thing is uh, measuring. So you know, I'll have a a friend help me to just. Oh, look at the uh, ruler, so when you got have a data back, so to put the ruler against the photo and uh he or just tell he or she would just tell me okay this is the this is how big or how high this is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and I can just write it down in the spreadsheet
0: well great great and and uh Kale, i mean in terms of uh uh bringing new students or new our teammates onto the project, how do you differentiate what they will do versus what you are are doing?
3: At the beginning of each year for the project, we kind of delineate who will be doing what, what schools will be tasked with what parts of the experiment. And within each school, then you have different subsystems within your own part of the payload that Mm -hmm. get split up and taken on by different students and Based on previous experience or general interest, it kind of sways which so will, who does will it was. Does it
0: sort of um, depend largely
3: on what your personal experience is or what your personal interests are? It definitely plays a role. I mean, if you really want to try out something, I think that that's, whole, that's one of the points of the project is to get you comfortable with this technology in this aspect mm-hmm. and
1: drive your your interest. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things you mentioned is passing all of the requirements that NASA has to put something aboard a rocket. It's not like they have a special student version of this rocket. It has to pass the same requirements that a commercial company would need to put one of its own payloads into space. So uh, can you share perhaps some of those requirements or some of those high bars that it sounds like you might have excelled at meeting versus some of these other university teams, college teams?
3: Correct. Uh, Throughout the whole project, we have a series of teleconferences as well as uh, presentations done in PowerPoint that we have to submit to them with, by a certain deadline that have certain criteria within each one, preliminary uh, design reviews, critical design reviews, and throughout the year. And that kind of keeps everybody on track for your time budget and for acquisition of parts, putting it together, integrating the systems, making sure it's ready to fly. And then at a after a certain point, you get manifested for the flight. Once NASA realizes that, you guys know what you're doing. You have your experiment figured out, put together, then they manifest. And after that point, you it's the same process, still more presentations, but it gives you kind of more assurance
1: that you will be part of the launch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Will, I, I like how you said that this is a great opportunity because it's at the community college level. It's more accessible to people versus maybe a tier one research university somewhere mm-hmm. And meanwhile, when they're going through this process, they're learning skills that would certainly put them on a workforce development uh, pathway toward working in aerospace, correct?
4: Oh, absolutely. Like you said, the same steps that a commercial person would do or a company would do to launch with NASA, these guys had to do. And so they learned how those skills are applied. And when they get done with the project like this, at the end, we had a little debriefing. And there's someone from the private sector there who does this, not as a company. And as everyone's leaving from Wallops on this last trip, oh, if you guys need a job, here's my card. Nice.
0: Hmm. Now, Onkar, did you you went to <clears throat> uh, the uh, I guess visit Wallops in June? Is yes, in the
5: June G for the testing for uh, phase.
0: So, what what was the activity in June versus
5: uh, I guess the launch activity that's in in August? What do you guys do in June? Okay, so in June, uh, the the main focus is getting the experiment uh, integrated with the the main rocket that will be carrying it, mm-hmm. as well as uh, making sure all uh, the systems on board uh, the experiment are working and can function along with all the other uh, avionics and electronics on board the rocket. Mm-hmm. And that's a seven. That's a five-day process. Uh, you know, and that'll also be including like a spin test, a shake test. So once everything's integrated, you know, we have to do, do do those tests to make sure that nothing will break in the process of of the shake and rattle and roll of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of the rocket. And everything works f- fine.
0: Now, now, Kale, what did the what did the Kauai uh, students uh, work on?
3: Uh,
5: Kauai CC was responsible
3: for a camera system that was on board Scubber, looking back at the main rocket. It was two video cameras and a Wi-Fi transmitter that went back to a receiver on board the rocket. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, <clears throat> actually, I want to actually get to some of the
0: data that was collected and and what you plan to do. Uh, with that data, any, any you know any stories you can tell about that, I want to hold that thought. We, we'll be right back after this short break. And we're talking to Will Smith, <clears throat> uh, Kale Meckler, and Ankar Narukar, and they're all uh, part of the launch of Project Imua. And, of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Locations, Nohea Gallery, and Straub Medical Center. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to William Smith, Ankar Nerukar, and Kale Meckler about sending science experiments into space. And since this was a successful launch, uh, unlike the one in
0: 2016, you were able to get some data back. Yes, So in what form was that? I mean, did... Did you have to go back out to basically the payload and collect some, um, I don't know chips that were you know th- that were downloaded I guess, as a result of the <laughs> yeah,
3: as a result of the uh, data collection? Exactly, yeah, we had three SD cards on board that uh, saved data from both of the Mobius cameras, the mm-hmm. picture and video from the Mobius cameras, which was oncar's uh, project, as well as the accelerometer and data uh, acquisition storage unit. There was an SD card on there as well. And then we also had a chance to telemeter data straight down from the rocket down to the ground station, which was then saved with them as well. Mm-hmm. So we have kind of like a secondary uh, opinion or collection of that data.
0: Now, the the rocket actually doesn't stay very long in – I mean, it just goes up and it comes back down. It's not something that stays in orbit or anything, right? Correct, correct. And so how far up does it go? I mean, um, Uncle, I mean how wh- what does a sounding
5: rocket actually uh, um, manage to do? So – um, basically, it's a it's a rocket that goes up uh, around twenty miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, a hundred miles into 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 space. So, it it basically goes up. Uh, it it hangs out there for uh, a few minutes. Uh, uh, deploys all of the experiments that are, uh that are gonna be uh, deployed, and it comes back down with a parachute, and uh, and. Basically, comes into the ocean. Now,
0: the the Scubber, which is kind of interesting, because mm-hmm. it was a little three D um, printed rocket, like a mini rocket, right? That was on on the payload. Uh, was that successfully
5: launched? And did it? Uh, how how did that perform? Uh, yes, it did um, successfully launch. So, basically, uh, Scubber was supposed to be uh, kind of it kind of dis- it disintegrated after it got deployed. Uh, so uh, it so all the, d- the data was saved onto another SD card of, of uh, 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 you know, because the photos and the videos of Scubber. Uh-huh. Um, those are taken by the Mobius camera system that I, that I created. But the, the, the naphthalene and, and uh, Scubber's 3D printed material was all disintegrated into outer space. Oh, okay. So it was no longer.
0: Gil,
3: okay, I mean, what, what, uh, what did you learn from that experie- uh, experiment? Experiment. That as much planning as you do with a project, sometimes not everything goes exactly as planned. So what was it that didn't go as planned? I mean, did you expect to recover? No, not that we were going to recover it, but we had it launched out on a drivetrain that sent it off with an initial velocity, so it wouldn't get stuck in any other payloads, wouldn't be a distraction to anything else. Right, right. The unfortunate part is when it's in space and there's no restriction or no pressure against it, the drive shaft that sent it off actually caused it to tweak and Create a rotation, which made it a little bit more difficult to uh, get data on the range finding range. Uh,
0: oh, interesting! Range a- and you could tell it. that it, it did some
3: spinning because of the video that you saw. Correct. Oh,
0: I see. I see. Great.
1: So, in terms of the data that you did get back, what are some of the things that you have already discovered? You still need to look into. What are you looking for from that data?
3: Uh, we're looking overall for somewhat of a change in how quickly it moves away, even though it was spinning. Mm-hmm. If there was any kind of acceleration that becomes more and more as it gets further away, then that could be measured as the overall change in its overall motion, even though it was spinning. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what what are some of the other uh, results
0: from other experiments on, on your uh, your particular payload?
3: Uh, we had accelerometer data uh, that was analog as well as digital mm-hmm. accelerometer data. We also had a range finder which did laser range finding that was pointed at Scubber to bounce off and return mm. a distance mm-hmm. for distance truthing. Mm-hmm. That was also integrated, but the spin also affects that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So in terms of uh,
0: next year or this coming year, uh, what do you see some of the, as some of the new experiments that are going to be incorporated into, you know, into uh, Project Imua? Uh,
5: well, so this next coming year, we are actually applying for a, a new grant um, and that's still in the works, uh, as far as writing the writing the, the proposal, uh, for that. So, uh, we do have something called the NASA Student Launch, um, project. Um, and that is still in the process. So, we're still figuring out what which, um, project you would like to do for that. It, it'll be a totally new project. Mm. So, William, for this specific project,
1: EMUA, and this multi year uh, collaboration between community colleges, is that something that's transitioning into something else?
4: It is. We have it going on. The initial funding from Hawaii Space Grant Consortium for the first two years, we managed to stretch it out for three. So now we're asking for some new money. And in this new project, it's going to be some of the same learning things. But instead of sending a payload that's 15 inches across, we're going to have one the size of a soda can. And instead of launching it on a sounding rocket... We're going to launch it on a smaller rocket that's about eight feet. And if we go with this project, the students will get to go to a NASA facility in Huntsville, Alabama, and launch a similar experiment in a smaller payload and on a smaller rocket.
1: Well, I think miniaturization of technology would be um, one, one great opportunity to explore. But, of course, Gail, I mean, one's not going to be in community college for the rest of their lives. So <laughs> as part of this experience, I mean, for you, what's the, what's the next step?
3: Well, I'm enrolled over at UH Manoa currently, and just focusing on a lot of my math and physics classes. But I'm looking also through the Hawaii Space Grant Consortium. There are a bunch of different projects that are being funded by them. And I've, we've gotten the chance to go to these uh, presentations where everyone gets to display their information. So it's kind of like you can You're see what's around. out there. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> so, so
1: Cale, I mean,
0: this is kind of the, the last uh, uh, involvement you will have with, uh, with Project IMO. Is that correct?
3: Yes, this is
1: correct.
0: And, and so, yeah. What do you want to do, yeah, what if, do
1: for do? A, a major, for example?
3: Uh, right now, I'm majoring in physics. Um, kind of on the fence. I was looking at mechanical engineering as well because this rocketry program, through its course, has really shown me that I really enjoy the concept and design and build aspects of of this whole experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I really want to take that and maybe draw on that more.
0: And encore, uh, what's your what's your sort of college pathway? Uh, You're you're at the West Oahu College, is that correct? Yes.
5: Uh, I'm actually in the Information Security uh, uh, Assurance Program, which is their cybersecurity program. So hmm. it's a very different uh, pro- uh, program from engineering and in that nature. Uh, you know, I'm more focused on the technology as far as camera systems and, you know, that goes. Uh, maybe I was inv- I was also kind of involved in the, you know, Wi-Fi portion of things in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of interested in cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, then? yeah. So keeping keeping our networks and data safe from hackers. Great, great.
0: And Will, so uh, you're going to be keeping the flames burning for the next uh, cohort of people involved with this rocket program?
4: I am. I'm the mentor from Honolulu Community College, and we have other colleges involved. Uh-huh. And we're looking forward to doing Mission 5 Project AMUA this year. And we're still determining if it's going to be that medium-sized rocket, or we may do something with smaller rockets.
0: Great. So you will definitely keep us posted. Uh, Let let us know where can people sort of go to if they want to find out more about Project Imua.
4: Well, one of the best places to look is the Hawaii Space Grant Consortium webpage, Mm -hmm. and it's spacegrant.hawaii.edu, and they're really the funding source and the -the behind-the-scene folks that make all this possible. And if you go there, you can see things about Project Imua and other community college projects. Well, very good.
0: Well, Well, William Smith is the biology lecturer and Project Imua mentor. Ankar Nerukar and Kale Meckler, they're students and they're part of the Project Imua team. We want to thank you all for joining us today.
5: Thank you very much.
3: Thank you
0: very much.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you very much for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we're going to dive into virtual reality gaming.
0: And of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter, I'm at
1: BiteMarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can always catch us here every Wednesday on HPR1.
0: And of course, stay safe and we will see you back here on another edition of Bite Marks Café. (laughs) ¶¶